Hello and welcome to Box Cutters Summer Edition. It's a show where we interview people for your pleasure. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. Can you believe how uh, quickly the year's going already? I know. We're already a lot of the way through January. It's, it's already, some, it's, some it's, portion some, of the way through January. Some way through. Obviously, we're recording this beforehand. To my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. <laughs> Good evening, viewers. And it's another sweltering day in Melbourne town here. <laughs> Don't uh, don't ruin the magic, Josh. Oh, sorry. Can, can you believe? You could that? believe like five days in a row over forty. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, and uh, and what about that cyclone? Uh, <laughs> what well, luckily people. I've just got out of Darwin in time, so they missed me. <laughs> ha! And Suck on that cyclone, Steve. Oh, was, was there another one? <laughs> who would have thought that Sally would be going back to home and away so so soon? <laughs> so soon. It is our summer edition, and uh, and of course, it's all about television, and it's all about interviewing people involved in television. This week, our guest is Rob Brearley, who is uh, currently executive producer of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader on Channel 10, and uh, he was also producer of Rove Live for all those years, and of Rove back on Channel 9, and started out at uh, Channel 9 doing variety and uh, also quiz shows. And for uh, listeners at home wondering, Josh, are you smarter than a fifth grader? I really am. I can say that I really am smarter than a fifth grader. Ross? Uh, the jury's still out on that one. <laughs> okay. Rob, really, thanks so much for joining us on Box Cutters. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, I wanted to... Uh... Now, you probably get this a lot. Mm. What's he really like? Mark Burnett. What's he really like? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I never got the chance to meet Mark Burnett. Really? No, I got to play in, the, play in his offices, though. That was kind of, kind of exciting. But no, um, I dealt with the guys from Zoo Productions who initially came up with the concept. Right. And they uh, were flogging it around, didn't do so well, and then Mark Burnett got his hands on it and turned it into the, the success that it became over there. And he's, I mean, we're big fans of, uh, of some of his productions. Survivor. Survivor is just uh, amazing and continues to be amazing. It's incredible. Have you caught any of China yet? Yes. Fantastic. Yes. I, think, I think it's up there with one of the best. Whatever Channel Lines let me catch, <laughs> I've, uh, I've caught. And, yeah. uh, and I, I'm a big fan of The Contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first few few series of The Apprentice, and uh, so there was no mistaking that if he could see a really good a, a really good program, mm. he could bring it up and, and turn it into to something wonderful. Absolutely, and look, to be honest, I don't know what he initially saw. Um, I only saw eventually what went on the screens in the states. So, um, what his initial concept of it was, I have no idea. But, um, but yeah, he, he turned into a huge success over there with Jeff Foxworthy and. And uh, yeah, cause we, uh, we we saw a, a couple of the the first episodes that Jeff Foxworthy did, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an entertaining show, and and uh, and was really something a little bit different. It was still yeah. you know still a quiz show format, but had had something to it that wasn't just win a whole bunch of money. Absolutely, look, I mean, I think the whole thing with television these days, as well, it's, there's no reinventing the wheel. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing over and over again. It's just how you present it, and I think with Fifth Grader, they they caught on something really interesting and really good and when we saw it as well uh last year there was a whole swag of really really bad uh quiz shows coming out i think uh channel 10 had the the one with uh bridget the uh, contest oh yeah i never yeah. understood how that worked no neither did i N- neither did the contestants <laughs> <laughs> lots of people just kind of bad mouthing each other really badly and yeah i mean it it, it was uh fifth grader was was quite different yes which was which was quite exciting mm. and also uh you know, to, I'm sure to your credit, the first time Channel 10's had a successful quiz show 
since Jeopardy. Blankety blanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Jeopardy. So am I. I love I think, it. And, uh, I love and it. when we had an Australian version, that was it that just was kind wonderful. of tanked, unfortunately. <laughs> I, it, like it was wonderful to have. Yeah, I think putting Tony Barber in as the as the host wasn't a great idea. Well, I look. I could be very wrong here, but I believe he actually bought the rights for it, and that's how it all. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I could be completely wrong, but that I think that's how it all sort of worked. Mm. Yeah. Ah, oh, see, look, I, I, I thought he did a reasonable job. He, he just, did an all right job. I just, but Channel 10 have not had a great track record with, with quiz shows. I think it's Je- a little complex for the contestants, to be honest. Jeopardy? I'll have religion for $15, please, Mr. Barber. <laughs> that, just, you know. It, phrasing it is, phrasing yeah. things as questions. It is, yeah. it is a tough concept to get across. But, you know, once you've watched Who it... Who is for, Santa Claus? <laughs> it's a question I ask every day. Uh, the, so, so, Jeopardy. And then, more recently, things like greed, mm-hmm. the contest. Mm-hmm. They've just had failure after failure yeah. after failure. When you, look, when you went to seri- them- in credit to them, their smarter series went all right, though, with Sandra. But uh, they just sort of ran out of thing, you know, got to the point of, you know, Australia's smartest. Well, that's, of, that's it. Australia's smartest smart beagle. Was she considered to be a, a successful game show host? Well, I always kind of well, cringed watching really? her yeah, I looking above the camera, okay. asking the questions. Mm. I don't know. I, I didn't have a huge problem. I, th- I thought she was quite good. She had, some, she had some pretty bad writers on that, too. Mm. That is true. Some of mm. her... Uh, some of her, you know, introducing their contestants and drawing their lives into into her uh, narration. Was and she awful. got stuck with Big Brother housemates year That's after true. year after year. I mean, come on, give the girl a break. It's always going always to be a problem. Mm. But th- so, so you took uh, fifth grader to 10 and said, mm-hmm. we want to do this show. Is, is that how it works? No, it actually worked the other way. 10 initially bought the concept. Right. So it's an unusual one for roving enterprises because normally we own the concepts that we produce. And this was the first time we actually produced something for somebody else, so to speak. So, 10 actually owned the program and they outsourced the production of it to us. And um, obviously that, that comes from the success that you've had with them in, in partnership for, with, with Rove Live. Absolutely. And, you know, they, and they wanted Rove to host it. And, and this is the first thing that Rove's done outside of his Tonight Show well, since he started with 10 and, and even 9. So, that was a big call. And he's always said he didn't want to do this, he didn't want to do that. And he'd been offered many a thing before, but this was something he watched and thought, yeah, I can really enjoy myself with this one. Well, it's a it's a fun concept, and he gets yeah. to wear a t shirt, which exactly you know. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy over fifth grader, though. Really, mostly with the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and so, something we've discussed on on this show is that uh, in pretty much every state in Australia, they call grade five something else. Mm, they do. Uh, so obviously, I mean, you, you picked the name. You kept the name, mm-hmm. uh, which they didn't do in, in Britain. In Britain, it's called Are You Smarter Than a 10-Year-Old? Uh, same in New Zealand, it's Are You Smarter Than a 10-Year-Old? Uh, unfortunately, our kids were 9, 10, 11, so that would have been a lie right from the top. <laughs> um, and look, we, we did toss it around. <clears throat> Pardon me, we, we looked at Are You Smarter Than a Grade Fiver? Yep. Uh, which sounds very Aussie but I believe is grammatically incorrect. So, therefore, when you're doing a program based on primary school curriculum to actually have the title <laughs> grammatically incorrect, you're kind of up against it right from the word go. So, we did actually throw a lot around it, and I actually rewrote the theme to about three or four different different titles. Well, see, that's that's the thing. That's one of the things I love about the show, and I do mm. you know, tend to like little things about shows, is in the theme... Mm. Are you, gonna be, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Because there's going to be a test later. Mm. I think that is a great bit of rhyming. I, I just think it makes so well, much sense. Well, I can't sense. take it's credit clever. for that. That was That's, actually the American theme. But I know, but that would be my argument. Like, a, an argument I would have for not going against 
the existing mm. title. The because delightful the theme song thing with that, though, so too, well. recording that theme, we had kids from the um, Australian Girls Choir and the Australian Boys Choir, I believe, and they all came in one by one and did it, and, you know, they're coming in, are you smarter than a fifth grade? <laughs> it's like they're coming, greater, later, favourite. But then it got to the point where they went so bogan with it, but it was like pulling the back. No, just remember a couple of things you were taught. Yeah. They I were think, gorgeous. Though. I think uh, I heard that Jeff Foxworthy originally wanted to uh, have the theme more along the lines of you might be smarter than a fifth grader if. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, but for you, mm. as executive producer of, uh, of Fifth Grader, it's, it's yeah. a... It's quite a change because you've been doing variety for, for a long time. You were at Pretty Channel much, 9 yeah. doing variety there and then Rove Live. And very much live. I've worked mainly live. So, so it, it, it was a big change and a big learning curve to start thinking the post-production side of it as we were producing it. And because uh, also you, you shot it in a, a very short amount of time. Two the weeks. First... Actually, six days. We shot for three days per week over a two-week period. And how long's the shooting day? Um, well, we can only legally work the kids for nine hours. Legally? Legally. But then everyone's seen Kid Nation. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, the kids were terrific. But, um, you know, we were scared that we might break them. It's a long day. It, and, it really is. And they're not only working, and then they have to go to school, and then they have to have their breaks, and they have to do this, that, and the other, and they've got their hair and their makeup and their publicity all around that. So we were cramming a lot of stuff into a very short period of time. But to credit... Credit to them, they were brilliant. They you were didn't want to brilliant. do it during the summer holidays so they didn't have to do the school stuff? Well, we could have. Ideally, we would have, um, but it just didn't time that way. And again, because of school holidays, I mean, we had one kid from New South Wales, so holidays were all completely different. They were all out of whack. So um, again, you know, we're looking at Series 2 now and ideally time it so that we can get some kids Are you on looking holidays. at new fifth graders? Absolutely. Well, ours are in grade 6. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're, we're, we're looking for a brand new 5. <laughs> with, uh, with, with creating... A new quiz show, mm. and uh, and having to come up with Australian questions, mm-hmm. uh, having to get Australian contestants, which is something that you really wouldn't have had to do on, mm-hmm. on Rove Live. Yeah, uh, all of that kind of wrangling. Mm. How much work goes into that? How long before you actually started shooting? Did you start working on Fifth Grader? Um, probably June, July, we were looking for the kids right? already. Um, and we ended up auditioning face-to-face 450 of them, <gasps> which actually isn't a huge amount, to be honest. Um, I think this time around we're going to be swamped. Uh, but, you know, 450 face-to-face. And of that, we had to choose six, ultimately, five to be on air. And then we had the swing, the understudy. Yep. Uh, who unfortunately never made it to air, but they were a particularly intelligent and wonderful child. Um, but, yeah, th- it was a long process for the kids and just to have them back and back. And uh, and we weren't really looking just for smart kids, you know. These kids had to perform on tally. And, again, to their credit, three of them had never been... Well, actually, none of them had been on television before. Only two of them had agents. One had right. been with his agent for two months, I think. He'd done a Target catalogue commercial and that was it. Um, and the other one had really done pretty much nothing. And the other three, off their own bats, sent a DVD in of themselves saying, hi, I'm Moya, and this is what I do. And so we got her in, and bingo, she became one of the, the most popular kids on the show. I, uh, I think you missed an opportunity there, 450 kids auditioning. That's a TV show in itself. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's something to look at definitely for, for Series 2, I think. They're going to be sure. the extras on the DVD yeah. release. <laughs> can, can you make sure that Ross gets credit on that? He gets absolutely, quite upset yep, for sure. Otherwise. <laughs> That's done. 
and the and the question writing. I mean, mm-hmm. how many questions do you need per show? How many uh, how many shows do you have? We, how does all of that get done? We actually shot it in what we were calling pods, so we didn't shoot the show as a show. Yeah, we shot per contestant. So hence why the kids all wore the same clothes and Rove wore the same clothes and. I think some, someone wrote a letter into the Herald Sun or something the other day going, oh, can't they afford a washing machine? <laughs> but um, we, we shot them as pods, so pretty much every contestant had 10 questions up on the board mm-hmm. and there was a backup question for every single one of those questions in case there was a technical difficulty or a question on something. If the computer, for whatever reason, showed the answer before the question came up or whatever, we had an identical year-level question subject question and you don't want to have something like on Rockwiz uh, just last week where they actually had the wrong answer on uh, Julie Zamiro's card oh and, really and had to subtitle it yes that was actually the correct answer wow <laughs> and it's been interesting because a couple of the questions we've had so many letters saying no you're wrong and I mean these questions went through they were not only verified three or four times by different people they then went through a panel of probably eight experts from around the country were then re-verified again on top of that so there was no way these things were wrong. But who knew Pluto wasn't a planet? I did. Because uh, <laughs> I, I believe, Rob, really, that I am smarter than a fifth grader. I'm sure you are. I, I've watched that show, mm. and I know many of the answers. Absolutely. Uh, I have the, to say, I didn't. I do now. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'd hope so. The uh, Looking at the credits, you did have a, a whole series of, uh, of curriculum experts. We did. We had a lot of them uh, nationwide. We had a wonderful woman by the name of Lee Burton, who was our curriculum consultant, and she pulled together these amazing people from around the country who uh, covered various topics, so whether it was English or drama or whatever science, um, she had an expert somewhere in the country to cover all of them. And, and do they also have to say, yes, you, you, would, you would learn this... Before grade five, you would yeah. learn this at grade and that, nine. And that was the important thing, was to get into the, the right grade level. And, and that was the difficulty of the show here, as opposed to America. Um, I mean, America is very fact-based in their teaching. Australian schools now, perhaps when I was a kid, it probably was fact-based like that. But now it's um, inquiry-based. So they're not actually taught things until they ask the question. To a degree. Right. To a degree. Yes. It's not like you walk in and you go, okay, well, here's your prime ministers from word dot through to, you know, yeah, but whoever the, Kevin Rudd. Um, but in America, they do that. You know, here are the presidents. Here are the states. Here's this. Here's that. And that's how they learn. Here, it's very much, uh, inqui- as I say, inquiry. And they'll have entire subjects called inquiry. And for three months, they'll just learn about explorers. But it's not necessarily who went where or who found what. It's just what they, they find out for themselves. Right. Mm. That's, uh, that's so it actually became yeah. quite difficult. And, and a lot of the questions, we were looking at them going, this is just far too easy. But then again, we got these people in and they weren't so easy. <laughs> now, being, being a contestant on, uh, on a, a quiz show, I've, I've never tried to do it. I mm. don't think... I think, Brett, you almost tried. No, Brett did try. Oh, Brett, <laughs> no, Brett did I, try. I, I didn't actually For what? Like, fill out anything. Uh, Channel 7 quiz. That I'm not sure that it ever wasn't got to it, wasn't, it, didn't, yeah. wasn't it going to be the wasn't rich it, list? Wasn't it, no, no, no. Wasn't it the, the one with the... The master or something? They had a... Oh, yeah, the master. Uh, Possibly. Next but, but anyway, that was the guy from Sunrise, I, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm. it was that one with uh, Mark Beretta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett actually turned up a few hours late. Because of this audition. show, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Not a few hours, ten minutes. <laughs> and they said, if you can't, if you can't work a clock, they you said, can't, oh, we're really sorry, we're really likely to come in for the next <laughs> crew. What's the process <laughs> of becoming a contestant? 
for us, we um, just did cattle calls. We put out the call. And unfortunately, we couldn't tell them what it was for. Yep. Because we were trying to keep the show a secret. We were trying to keep everything about it a secret. And also, there was the, the fear that they would come in if they knew what they were doing. They'd come in and dumb themselves down and just go, well, I'm stupid, so therefore you should put me on. And we find out they're, you know, Mensa by the time they get to air. <laughs> so... Um, they did. They pretty much they knew what it was anyway. But they came in and we did cattle calls. We did IQ tests and general knowledge quest tests. And um, again, it was like the kids. It wasn't based on whether they were smart, dumb, whatever. A lot of it came down to personality. I mean, we're talking a game show that doesn't have three contestants or doesn't mm-hmm. have a family against a family. We've got one person sitting there, and if they're not going to work and make good television with Rove, then you know, there's twenty minutes of television that could die. Which is which is one of the great things that uh, that a, having Rove as a host, much like having Jeff Foxworthy as a, a as a host in the US, uh, works really well because contestants feel really comfortable with these Absolutely, people. Absolutely, yeah. They know them and and they feel like they're one of them. Mm. Uh, and it was uh, it was the same thing with the the US version of. I've just had a mental blank. What is the the name of the show that Eddie Maguire hosted this year? One versus one hundred. Yeah. US host of One versus One Hundred uh, mm. was fantastic and uh, and really made the the contestants feel at ease, but also you know made jokes and and uh, and was quite entertaining. Mm. And it's something that uh, Eddie Maguire just didn't have. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be more along the lines of, of where game shows are going now as, as well. That well, I think if the pace is going to remain as they are, which is, let's face it, fairly slow, yep. um, you need that. You need to be able to fill it with entertainment. I mean, that's what you're there for. It's to entertain people. So for us, it was a vehicle for Rove to be Rove. And it's not often you see on his Tonight Show him with kids anymore. And he relates so beautifully to kids. Mm. And the kids loved him. And he became one of them. You know, He was part of the gang. You know, his favourite thing for the entire time, it didn't matter how much they learnt or what they'd done or how brilliant they were, was the fact that he taught them how to do farty hands. <laughs> you know, and that, that's what they remember more than anything, is Rove taught us how to do farty hands. <laughs> There's, uh, n- now, these, these, are not, these are not things that, that I've come up with. These are things that mm-hmm. I've heard throughout the world. Yeah. Are the kids given the answers? No. No. <clears throat> Pardon me. No. No, they're not. They're not given the questions or the answers. The right. kids are taught things. Mm-hmm. They go to school. Um, and you've got to remember these kids are in grade five. But they have to retain everything that they've learned since grade one. Yep. So they are revised on things. They're revised on topics and subjects. So they would come in. We had a full-time tutor for them. They well, When I say full-time, when they were in with us. Um, and it might be something like um, rivers. Rivers of the world. And they might spend an hour just learning all about different rivers of the world and where they were and how long they were and all that sort of stuff. Now, whether or not a question came up, which undoubtedly it probably would, but mm. there's it's only up, so much they can learn. It's up to them to retain what they actually learned. They don't know what question's going to come up. Right. And suddenly it comes up, you know, which, which is longer, the Nile or the Murray. Now, they've just spent, they've learned a multitude of information about rivers, whether or not they remember that or not. And again, you know, with so many questions up on the board, it was completely random what was chosen. We had no control over what question was going to come up. And what's the answer? 
The Nile. The, the Nile. The Nile. Okay. I just thought. I think sure. I just made that you up. Know, it could, <laughs> could have been one of those really kind of left field ones. Where well, it's, it's, a, it's the Murray. Who it's knew? it's it's a dodgy question, really, yeah. because is it the Murray alone or is it the Murray the and the Darling? And mm. it gets confusing. <laughs> but the, no, we, we certainly didn't give the question the questions or the answers to the kids. So they they just and they got stuff wrong. They yeah, just study. You know, they just study in the same way that hard. any contestant should Absolutely. study. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the thing is, they've learned it recently. Yeah. You know, our contestants learned it anything from 15 to 30 years ago. So I, I read a, uh, a book by Bob Harris, who was a, a five-day winner on Jeopardy. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, and then went on to be in the Tournament of Champions because it was a five-day winner and, and mm-hmm. also in the Ultimate Tournament of Champions, which is on W now, if you get a chance to, to watch it. It's some of the best Jeopardy I've ever seen in my life. Really? And in in the book, he talks about his study techniques and just how much he studied. And he lost relationships over it, you know, because mm. he, he moved his entire lounge room around to represent the Jeopardy set and created Fantastic. a podium for himself and uh, even had a cardboard cutout of Alex. Oh, no there. way. Yeah. It was, I love that. It was weird. Created a little buzzer for himself and, you know, trained himself for it. Uh, and it just seemed to make sense if you're going to be on a game show. Yeah. You should you should study, and it seems to me like a lot of contestants go on and think, well, of course I know all this stuff, mm. and they don't study. Well, I think what they don't take into account either is the environment they're walking into, mm. and as much as you can study, as much as you want in the lounge room, and think you're extremely intelligent. Once you walk in there, and there's lights, and there's an audience, there's three hundred people looking at you. There's camera, there's equipment they've never seen before in their life, and you know. Whether they're starstruck or not, they've got Rove McManus sitting next, standing next to them, mm-hmm. yabbering at them the entire time when they're trying to think. And it's a completely different environment. It doesn't matter how hard you study. Unless you can cope with that, you're not going to succeed. And I think that's why Shelley, our last contestant, did so well because she came in with no expectations whatsoever and she was able to just run with it. She just became a part of it and just ran with the whole thing and she did really, really well. Yeah, that's, that's something I've never taken into account, that... Rove is talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. Someone's trying to think of the answer. Yep. He's, be... he's not necessarily trying to distract them by but, any means. But, but he, he needs to fill time. As we, we spoke before, he needs to keep the thing going. So, that's, Yeah, that's because obviously, you know, I love quiz shows, mm. but I've never gone on a quiz show, yep. uh, but always wanted to. So, it's, this is all education for me. What's your favourite <laughs> of all time? Jeopardy. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, because... The questions are challenging mm-hmm. uh, because Alex Trebek is such an amazing host mm-hmm. uh, because uh, it's really meticulously worked out mm. to the second. Yeah. And, uh, and it, just, it just flows so well, so easily. Yeah. Uh, what's yours, Rob? Uh, I'm still a big Temptation fan. Yep. I loved a bit of Sale. Yeah. Loved a bit of Sale of the Century. There's a real difference between Temptation and Sale of the Century, Tony Barber yeah. period as well. Not, not huge, though. I mean, you, the actual bones of it are pretty much the same. You've still got yeah. your fast money. You've still got your fame game. You've still got your, your gift shops. You've still got all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but you don't have the... the he the, just doesn't go, let's go shopping. <laughs> but also the longer kind of series of questions with Tony yeah. Barber, it was, it was always question, bang, question, bang, question, mm-hmm. bang, and then the fast money yeah. and, and pick of the board. I yes. worked on uh, sale. Back whereas in my it's day. kind of broken up in, in three or four question blocks now. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm surprised nobody said Press Your Luck as favourite game oh, show. The that whammy. Whammy, whammy, no whammy. whammy. And I was always Wheel of Fortune, but that's not technically a quiz show, is it really? It's, 
No, it's although, although it's it, it the takes a, for the words. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. It does take a certain amount of skill, mm. uh, and it's it's one of those things that some people can just be blind. To, and again, to a bit words. of trivia. I think I could be wrong here. I think Adriana Exenitus was the first Wheel of Fortune hostess. That sounds sexist. Female compare uh, to allow to be allowed to speak. I think she actually spoke before Vanna White. Did. Oh, really? And I think Vanna White got wind of it and just did a bit of. Well, hang on. Hang on, Adriana can do it. The chick down under is talking. Um, and I was in the States recently and I saw Vanna. She's still there. God love her. Because that, that was one of she the... She must be about 105. But God love her. She's got the Da Vinci veneers going on. A bit of a, a, bit of a spray tan. She can still stroke a car like nobody. Because that, that was one of the, the big things about uh, Australian Wheel of Fortune was the interaction between Adriana and, and Burjo. That worked really well. And Ernie before that. And Ernie, of Ernie, course. Ernie started that one off. Now, you brought up... Back in your Channel Nine days, mm. I want to ask you how. I mean, you were doing you were doing game shows, you were doing variety at mm-hmm. Channel Nine. Yep. Uh, you were working with Craig Campbell there. You both yep. worked on IMT, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, and then Channel Nine signs Rove. Yeah, they're going to do a show. Nine put you and and Craig onto it. Mm-hmm. Thirteen episodes. Well, Rove actually put us onto it. We okay. actually left. We technically left Nine at that point, uh, and so oh. we went back and started working for Rove. So, he went back as, well, he arrived at nine as Roving Enterprises. Because that that was going to be my big question. Mm. You know, you've you've got a plum job Mm. at nine. Mm. You see this kid who Mm. hasn't done much, done done community solo ads and community radio on uh, community television. Uh, And and you give up your careers, like your plum plum job to to follow this, this kid. How do you make that decision? Well, I, the decision was kind of made for me. I was, um, <laughs> I was doing IMT, and at the time I was taking tapes of The Loft into Craig and saying, you've got to watch this guy, he's amazing. Um, but then IMT got axed, as do many shows, and I was offered a redundancy package from Nine after 12 and a half years. Right. And I sort of... That's, that's unlike Nine. And, went, that's, mm. yeah. Um, and yeah, and so I took it, and... I'd actually, funnily enough, won a trip overseas from Channel 7 of all people. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just turned into a six-month trip around the world because I never had the chance to do that as a kid, you know, the, the whole backpacking around the world thing. So at the age of 30, I thought I'll wander for a while. And then we'd, we'd met Rove before I left and then came back and the wheels were already in motion. So I hopped on board as his segment producer. Did you win that through a game show? Or uh, no, was- I, it was one of those football shows. It was, I think it was called The Game. What was the one with Dermot and... Yeah, I think that was the game. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah it was a, a lethal weapon competition. And, you know, dial 1900. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Is that the one that they were shooting live out of Paran at the old... Uh, oh, that's the right. Old Windsor the, the Empire. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah Empire. the Empire. Yeah, yeah it might have been. Actually, time. I think it was yeah. that one. Yeah. It was, it was going to be their answer to the footy show. Mm. And it, it lasted not very long at all. Mm. No. Uh, and and was not but long enough for me to get a trip overseas. So then, so you joined Roving Enterprises. Joined Roving Enterprises, and yeah, been there ever since. So we were at nine for we did ten shows at Channel Nine, right? Um, and then they were, well, it was all looking very good to come back, and all of a sudden we weren't. So we all went our separate ways for a little while, and then Channel Ten picked us up. I think I went back in about July two thousand. So, so it wasn't ten ever since. It wasn't a case of uh, of right nine doesn't want us anymore. Let's shop the show around. To be honest, I'm not sure how they worked that. I right. think I think it was a, very much a case of nine didn't want us anymore. Um, 
but as far as what Rove was thinking at the time, I'm not really sure. I think he was, at that point, I mean, you've got to remember he was only young, well, he's still only a young guy, but he was very young then, and he was just wrapped at the fact that he got to do 10 primetime shows on yeah. a commercial network. You know? It was quite a different show when it Six when months it before, this on... kid's sitting behind a piece of cardboard at Channel 31. You know? Yeah. So, and nothing against that. It was a fantastic <laughs> show, and Channel 31 did some great stuff. But and it was quite a different show when it turned up on Channel 10. It was, very much. Yeah. yeah. It was refined. Until this somewhat. year, actually. I thought that mm. this year was a lot closer to what it used to be on 9. Yeah, in some respects, I think it was. It was, yeah, pulled back to bare bones and very much bringing that couch element back again and mm. getting people to hang around and chat and all that sort of stuff. How was it for you being the, the first year that you haven't worked on the show? Um... Interesting. It was good. No, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, I still had a hand in it to a degree. Um, but, you know, it, it got to a point where I knew I'd given it as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And it needed new blood. It was in desperate need of a revamp. I think we all knew that. Um, and part of that is bringing in new people. And they brought in a brilliant, brilliant producer by the name of Todd Abbott. Who just he's, he's done Rory and HG. Oh, he's pretty much done... He's done the you've world. You've seen live television yeah. in Australia. He's done it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he just took it on board and turned it into, yeah, something... I thought it was a really special show this year. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I mean, certainly I missed bits of it, mm. bits and pieces of it. But at the same time, I enjoyed the freedom to go and do other things. And, you know, I, I loved Fifth Grader so much. You know, it was one of the most fun fun things I've ever worked on. And, and it's also got to be a, a huge relief to, to not... Have to do. I mean, how many weeks of Rove Live did you do a year? 30, uh, about 30 for, to 40? well, yeah, often forty-two. And that's you know, that's a that's huge a lot of television. Stress. So, yeah, absolutely, and particularly when it's live. Again, I think um, when you're live, you're very much having to cross your t's and dot your eyes, and it's doing theatre basically. Mm-hmm. You know, you stuff it up. Well, everyone sees it, yeah. so you have to be so well planned. And look, I think with you know anything you post, you should be as well, but because it makes your post production period a lot easier. But um, when you're live, you're live, and you can only plan for so much, and I hope that it all goes to plan. So you're uh, you you're definitely doing a sorry, I did not turn my phone off. You're doing a uh, first time ever, I think. Uh, you're doing definitely doing a second series of fifth grade. Absolutely, yep. And so we're uh, we're soon to start looking for some kids. So, if there are any kids out there listening, send, mm-hmm. their, send their DVDs they to Roving Enterprises. They must be in grade five, though. So, um, yeah, or, or keep their eye out on the website. And Ma- must be, be details. In, in grade five in, in 2008. 2008. Correct. Yes. So, keep your eyes on the, uh, on the Fifth Grader website. Uh, fifth Grader website, Channel 10 website, Rove website, and we will have details up there probably early to mid-January. And likewise, if you want to be a contestant. Uh, contestants will call a little later, but yeah, same deal. Same Excellent. deal. Hmm. Excellent. Rob Reilly, thank you so much for joining us on Boxcutters. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Can I come back again? Yes, please. Okay. Boxcutters. And that uh, brings us to the end of Boxcutters Summer Edition for this week. Next week, our guest is... Mr. Black. And uh, we'll have a, a great chat to... Mr. Black. All about everything that he's had to do with the television. He or she. He Damn. or she. Damn, I ruined it. I ruined it. I hope you've uh, enjoyed this edition of uh, Box Cutters Summer Edition. How many times can I use the word edition in this outro? That would be a quiz question. Start now. Go. If we had the quiz. Well, we don't. What do you mean start Go. now? I started before. No, no, but, but we want to see how many you can get in. Nah. Come on. 
I'm done with this edition. <laughs> edition, hey. edition, edition. Has anyone got the new album by New Edition? The new one? <laughs> the new, new edition. I've got the Pasadachi one. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's it. Until next week. Good luck to the firefighters fighting those bushfires. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I it's, a seri- wanna... it's a serious issue. It is, I don't know why I'm laughing about it. No. I really don't. No. My name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Scatter Catches again next <laughs> week. Same bad time. Same Mr. Black. Channel. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, let's be careful out there.